Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today we're talking about taking the good enough challenge to lighten up as a perfectionist overachiever in midlife. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I'm so happy to be here with you again. Okay, so as a midlife coach, it comes as no surprise that I talk to a lot of midlife women. And if you just heard me say that, you are one of them. But seriously, connecting and coaching women our age the way I do, I end up hearing a lot of themes and patterns with what is challenging to them now in midlife. Sometimes these challenges have been kicking around for decades, but you're now ready to deal with them differently or take them on. And then other challenges just become annoying and you're tired of hearing yourself complain about them or, you you know, tired of seeing yourself view them as excuses. You know, when you meet up with a friend you haven't seen in a while and he or she asks, hey, what's new? How's it going? And you start giving an update and you realize you're still going on about some of the same old stuff. That's what I'm talking about. It turns out that being a perfectionist and or an overachiever is something that I hear about over and over again. It's one of the common things that you may have challenges with that gets in your way and may even prevent you from being as happy as you could be perfectionist and overachiever type tendencies can totally get in your way and spoil your fun. So today I'm proposing that you take a baby step to learn something about what's going on with this that will help you for the rest of your life. So now that I've got your attention, before we take a deep dive into this juicy topic that you just may be identifying with, just quick, I want to make sure that you know about a couple of new ways to have more fun with what's going on with me in my coaching world. The first is something new with the Women in the Middle podcast. You're invited to join the new podcast club. The podcast club is basically a book club experience for the podcast. We're going to be going deeper into the podcast conversation started in a recent episode. This is a super easy club to be a member of too. You get a Zoom call with me once a month, an easy to use podcast go deeper guide with thought provoking questions to help you apply what you're learning on the podcast to your own life and also some fun surprises along the way, including prizes. You'll also be able to chat with me directly and share your thoughts with me and other like-minded women. So don't waste another minute. It's shockingly affordable. So check it out and sign up at www.susierosenstein.com. Click on the podcast club button and away you go. I can't wait to see you in my Zoom square. And here is one more new opportunity. If you want to go someplace warm in February 2024, Join us for the Connection Cruise. Email me at info at com and put cruise in the subject line and you'll get an email with all the next steps. There are limited spots, so make sure to take action now. Okay, now let's dive in. Perfectionist tendencies, overachiever identity. Does any of this ring a bell? Do you identify with this? Do you think of yourself this way? Here's what I mean. This might be you if you set super high standards for yourself, you're not chill about your high standards. You feel a lot of pressure around it all. Going all in at 100% may not be enough. 
You want things the way you want them. You have very specific ideas about how things should go or how they should be, and you stick with those ideas and standards no matter what. Failing isn't an option. Your goals are likely quite ambitious. You may know this about yourself, but you may also notice how others react to your goals, like, wow, do you really think you can accomplish that? Is that realistic? They might be asking. Your standard isn't about something being realistic or not. You may have a lot of discomfort around tweaking or changing your original plans. You're likely pretty organized and you really love structure, order, routines, lists, that sort of thing, all to support your high standards. You might also be really hard on yourself if you make a mistake, like mean girl territory. (laughs) You're not easygoing about it and you are also not full of self-compassion. Now, that doesn't mean you don't apologize if you make a mistake and someone else is involved, but you might be really self-conscious or uncomfortable because that makes you really vulnerable when you do. So you think lots of thoughts about what's the right way and what you should be doing. Emphasis on should. I guess you could say the bottom line is that you probably believe that perfection is cool and imperfection is not. Now, as you know, I'm not a clinician, so I can't comment on official labels related to mental health problems in this regard. But if you think you're a perfectionist, if it's come up before, maybe you took a quiz in a magazine, like you're aware of it, you likely have some perfectionist tendencies. If you identify as an overachiever, you likely behave like this to some degree. Any which way, you'll get something valuable from this episode. That is what's really important. So in midlife, it's a great opportunity to be more intentional about your life and the way that you show up for it and in it. This is the focus of my Women in the Middle Academy. I break up this work into three main areas of focus, learning how to be more intentional about self-care, about relationships, and about your professional contribution in the world. And because this group program is specifically for women over 50, everything I coach and teach is within the context of your age and stage. You may have heard me refer to what we need during this next phase of life as a new midlife operating system. You're not just making things up about things being different now that you're over 50. <laughs> there's there's really some things. A lot of how you've been operating in the world needs to be looked at, examined, reflected on to determine if it's all working for you or not. And if it's not, which may be highly likely, you have the amazing opportunity to make some tweaks and changes. These tweaks and changes are what pull you up and out of a midlife funk and create more happiness and success going forward so that you don't have regrets. And you create this new operating system on purpose. You don't just happen into it and to respond to all the rules and pressures and stereotypes of society. It's you creating your life on purpose. So where does overachieving and perfectionism come into play? Well, these are examples of things that may or may not be working for you anymore and deserve exploration. You get to check in with yourself and determine if this part of your old life operating system is cutting the mustard in midlife. Perfectionism is a common personality trait that can show up in all parts of your life and can be both positive and negative. If it motivates you, that can be positive. But with perfectionism, it's not always that way. Remember the whole mean girl thing? You can end up being really hard on yourself for making mistakes or for not doing things as you planned. In your opinion, 
failure is not an option. Same with overachieving. It can push you, help you with discipline and that sort of thing. But if you end up dealing with a lot of negative emotion, you may want to make some changes. Just because thinking like this helps you dream big and imagine more sometimes, (laughs) that's only useful when it's useful. You know what I mean? If it makes you feel terrible and you end up procrastinating because you're afraid you won't attain your goal or something like that, it may not be useful at all. And that can feel like failure as well. And in your world, that's nothing to be proud of. Remember how the world works with thoughts and feelings. You think something, then the way you think creates the way you feel. So what you think creates your emotional state. And then, however, your feeling leads to how you show up in the world, the things you do, the way you lean in or not. It's about what you don't end up doing as well. You got to pay attention to that too. So there it is, both simple and complex. Now, the goal of today's episode is for you to play with a concept. You don't have to be extreme with your perfectionistic tendencies. You don't need to be an extreme overachiever either, but I do want you to think about and reflect on whether or not these tendencies have gotten in your way or prevented your happiness in some way. So it doesn't need to be an extreme thing in your life, but if you identify with some of the things I was saying, then I think reflection will really help you. In other words, has being this way in your life been helpful to you and your goals or not helpful? So please reflect and assess. That's what we're going to be doing. It's your personal take on how you show up and if it's working for you. And the challenge part of today's episode is this. I would like to challenge you to play with these tendencies. Play with the idea that something can be good enough and not held to your normal standard of whatever it is for you. I know your head may just have exploded. (laughs) I want you to play in the land of good enough. Now, don't worry. It's not as bad as you think. In fact, I've discovered a few things since I started playing with this idea myself. Personally, I never thought of myself as an extreme perfectionist or overachiever. I don't even label myself that way all the time. But for sure, I see some of these tendencies in my life pop up over and over again. And, I, you know, it's there. So I wanted to give you an example. I definitely think certain things should be a certain way, period. Now, you may know I have an amazing dog, Nico the Noof. He's a 130-pound Lancier Newfoundland. He is delightfully handsome and such a good boy, such a good boy. We call Mr. Handsome. We love him to bits. He is so sweet, and I could go on and on for hours. (laughs) Before Nico, we had two amazing golden retrievers for over 20 years, Yofi and Jasper. We loved dogs. We loved those dogs to bit too. Those golden retrievers, so sweet. And I've grown up with dogs, had dogs my whole life. I'm a dog person. I know what it's like to have a dog in your family. Now, if you know anything about Newfoundlands or golden retrievers, you know that they shed a lot and they love water. And therefore, They can make quite a mess just by being their adorable selves. (laughs) Nico's mess is way worse than I anticipated too. I thought just, oh my goodness, I'm not going to have any surprises. I grew up with St. Bernard's. I've had golden retrievers for 20 years. I know what it's like to have a messy dog that sheds. But like I said, his mess is way worse than even I expected. 
with all my experience, the slobber, the flying flugers, the dirt, the mud, the tumbleweeds of hair, the works. And we love them to bits. I am not complaining. I'm just giving you an example. (laughs) Okay, now I am no neat freak by any standard. I am just not a neat freak. I have never have been a neat freak and I am not one now. (laughs) But I have always hated having a dirty floor in the house especially the kitchen. It drives me crazy. And Nico makes having a clean floor just about impossible. So at first, it drove me crazy and I mopped a lot. I would tell people in the house not to walk on the wet floor, protect the wet floor. Please don't mess up the wet floor. Like once I had a clean floor, I didn't want it messed up. I didn't want to see the footprints. (laughs) So I was like a real pain in the butt when it was drying. So I bought a floor steamer, the works. Like I really, honestly, it drove me nuts. We used to have a gate that kept Nico in the back part of the house, which is not where the kitchen is. It was near the dog run door. So when he was messy, he would stay behind the gate until the dirt like dried and flecked off. And then I would just vacuum up that area. However, somewhere along the line, he figured out how big and tall he was and he started jumping over the gate like a gazelle. No problem at all. Like he could have done it for a long time, but he figured it out at some point and just that was it. Started hopping the gate. And that meant that the dirty dog now had full range of the house, the living room, dining room, kitchen, and the upstairs. So that gate, that was, it just kept them separated from, you know, the the part of the house that people see when they walk in, basically. (laughs) And we have a lot of floor in the house without carpet because I'm used to having shedding dogs and it's very easy to clean. But wow, there is dog hair, dirt, schmutz and schmears everywhere. And it got to the point during the pandemic that I just couldn't keep up with it. We were all home for months with no cleaning help. And I was used to having help once every other week. And I could keep up in between. It was like just the right amount. And here's where the perfectionism drama kicked in a little bit. The floor was dirty. Nobody in the family cared about it but me, like nobody. Nobody outside the family was coming to visit. (laughs) And I noticed my stress and dislike about what was going on. I didn't like what I saw. I did not like that I couldn't keep up with the floor situation. At that time, more than ever, it would have been easy to relax my standards a bit and not berate myself for doing so. It didn't have to mean that my house was a mess or that I was a terrible housekeeper. It didn't have to mean that at all. I didn't have to worry about what people would think because nobody was coming over. I could see that there was wiggle room regarding my standards, even though it was easy to see my automatic thinking that I should be cleaning more. The should was so stressful. This example so far is step one of the challenge. So the example of Nico the Noof and my dirty floor and my response to it (laughs) is the example for step one. Here it is. Watch yourself think about a should in your world, pause and be curious about it. So watch yourself think whatever it is that you should be doing wherever you hear yourself shoulding. I want you to pause and be curious about what's going on. So whatever example you pick for yourself, notice it, watch yourself think about what should happen with that thing or situation, and pause. I want you to be curious and ask yourself a couple of questions. Here are some examples. Why do I want to do it this way? What other ways could I proceed? Do I like my reasons for wanting to do things this way? 
Is my plan stressing me out? <laughs> what are three other ways to proceed? And can I think of a way that would be more fun? You can add your own questions, but the point is to be curious and open up your mind to the options. And there will be so many options. So just allow yourself to go there. And then there's step two. Entertain a change that is good enough, but not perfect. Ooh. <laughs> I actually see you squirming all the way from my desk in Toronto, Canada. Seriously, squirming. Okay, you heard me correctly. Entertain good enough. What would that be? For me, it was cleaning the floor once a week instead of two. Okay? Unless it was spring when it was extremely muddy. That was completely disgusting and I have a different plan for that and I'm okay with it. But really, cleaning it once a week instead of two times. It was a big difference. So what about you? Is it your plans for a holiday dinner? What would be good enough? What would the good enough hostess be doing? What about your plans for a vacation? What would a good enough vacation plan look like? What about your morning routine? What would a good enough morning routine look like to you? And if you're an entrepreneur, what would good enough social media look like or something like that? So pick any situation where you notice your perfectionist or overachieving tendencies alive and well and shake things up a little bit and just think what would good enough look like? Even though you might even be resistant to this idea already. Just ask yourself, what would good enough look like in this situation? So these are just some ideas, but I think you see what I'm getting at. Just be curious. You may decide that you don't want to change or lower the standard in the example you're thinking about. Then be curious about that. Ask yourself why. And then hear what you're saying to yourself and ask yourself if it's really true. It could be that you really don't want to play the rest of the challenge game at all with that example. <laughs> so pick another one. It's just to learn some things, okay? There are so many options in your life that you don't entertain when you're not used to thinking more broadly, when you're locked in to only doing things according to what you think you should be doing the right way, and it feels like lowering your standards not to do it any other way. And when all this stuff happens, you stay where you are. You stay with the perfectionist overachieving reality that you've been creating for yourself. All right. And finally, there is step three. Carry out the good enough plan and notice the drama. Yes. Watch yourself think the thoughts and feel the feelings that come up from your change of plan and change of standards. What do you notice? How uncomfortable are you? Or is it as hard as you thought? Did you like anything that you noticed? Did your thoughts surprise you? All right, I'll give you another example that has happened for me. And it's about my podcast production schedule. I've been producing podcast episodes weekly for over six years. Quite frankly, I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. <laughs> my kids know that sometimes it's a grind. And you probably know that too, because I'm sure I've complained about it on more than one occasion. <laughs> I'm just not that great at batching the episodes. And what that means is getting a group of episodes done in advance. And so far, uh, I will not say never, but I haven't been that great at batching them yet. So that means that I haven't been that great at getting uh, a bunch of podcast episodes ready in advance consistently. 
uh, it's been a challenge. Like I've been able to do it sometimes, but I haven't been able to hold it. <laughs> and as a result, uh, sometimes the timelines get pretty tight to produce them. So my kids have said, but mom, why not skip one? Like if they noticed that I'm a little stressed out or that we're going away or something's going on, they're like, why don't you skip one? And they're like, well, you're in charge, right? It's your business, right? You're the one creating them, right? <laughs> uh, they've noticed that podcasts that they listen to sometimes take breaks or publish encore episodes where um, they repeat a popular past episode, and they wanted to know why I didn't do that. You should have heard my responses. All kinds of perfectionist, overachiever, dramatic narrative. <laughs> oh, I would never do that. Why, they asked. Well, it's not the best way to do things. It's just not professional. It's not good marketing strategy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all the things I thought automatically. Those were all, uh, it was just a bunch of autopilot thinking. And the question is why? Because not adhering to my schedule seemed like a failure to me. That's what was going on. So there it was. Now I got curious about this, just like I'm asking you to do. And the reason I was motivated to get curious was because it, it was causing a problem. It was causing stress. It was painful to feel stressed out by doing something I really, really love. I love doing these podcasts, but the situation I created for myself was, was stressful. And there was a big question here, and I encourage you to ask yourself about this, about some of your thoughts too. Is it true that it's really a failure? Is it a failure if I uh, change my production schedule? Even if it is a failure, would it matter in the long run? Would it matter to my long-term goals? Would a listener suffer as a result? <laughs> well, as much as I would like to think that you're waiting for each episode with bated breath, I know in my heart of hearts that if I missed an episode or put out a really good encore episode, you would be fine. You could manage your disappointment, I have a feeling, especially after being such a regular listener of this podcast. You know a thing or two about feelings now. So if you're a regular listener, you definitely have noticed that in the last two years, I've put out an encore episode about a handful of times. And as far as I can tell, you're fine. And so am I. I lived. So I'm learning too. Being more intentional really means thinking about what you want and making decisions about how to move forward based on that. It means raising your awareness of what you're thinking, feeling, doing, and then looking to see if it's all in alignment with what you really want. If it is, awesome. And if it isn't, you have some work to do. And that's okay. You tweak regroup, pivot, and adjust. It doesn't have to mean failing. It can mean growing. It can mean learning. It can mean setting yourself up for success, but on your terms. So if your perfectionist overachieving tendencies are getting in your way and bringing you down, it's okay to take a close look and make some adjustments on purpose. See what's actually good enough for you. Take the challenge. One, watch yourself think about a should in your world, pause and be curious about it. Two, entertain a change that is good enough, but not perfect. And three, carry out the good enough plan and notice the drama. <laughs> so that's it for today. Just take the good enough challenge and notice what you become aware of. Watch yourself think, feel and do. 
It's all enough to help you take the first step to become more intentional about how you want to show up in the world. It's important work, and I invite you to have some fun. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to become more intentional and to incorporate mindfulness into your life as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. My focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so you don't have regrets. I can help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together so you feel great about your roadmap to a more fun, meaningful, and regret-free chapter. So email me your questions and let's talk about it and see if it's for you. Go ahead and book your free, no-obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. If you want to take the podcast conversation to a whole new level, join the Women in the Middle Podcast Club. Just head over to susierosenstein.com and click the Podcast Club button. And if you're interested in cruising with me in February, the Connection Cruise is waiting for you. Email me at info at and put cruise in the subject line and you'll get an email with the next steps. There are limited spots, so make sure to take action now. And finally, for show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 322. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.